Hello and welcome to Say a Little Prayer Nigeria. My name is Sharon Tanko and I am your host. Today we'll be dealing with a two-part question on giving. Uh, why do I have to give to a pastor and why do I have to give to a church? This means that I will most likely be carrying this question into the next episode. However, before we begin, I would like to clarify something from the last question. Um, If God gave me the instruction, then why did it fail? If you remember, I made mention of opportunities coming in seasons and, and that once you miss a window, it is gone. Well, if you paid enough attention, you would notice that I said season. Seasons come and go. That you miss the mango season doesn't mean that you have to miss the abalmo season or the purple season or the orange season. Even if you miss all these seasons, there's always the next year. All you have to do is to get your house in order and wait for the opportune moment to strike. Just because you missed your mark now doesn't mean that you missed it forever. That's not what I meant. That opportunity you missed, it is gone. But it can come back with the procession of time. Or you could be blessed with a similar opportunity or a different opportunity entirely. Just don't keep missing them. You need to get your house in order. You need to be prepared. Don't keep making the same mistakes. Keep your heart open to God so that when the season comes, you would know and you would act on it. Okay, so now that that has been cleared, hopefully, let us say a little prayer before we get into the word for today. Um, Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord Most High, we exalt you here today. We thank you for your goodness, your loving kindness, your ever-present favor. Father, as we are gathered here under you, please open our ears that we may hear what you have to tell us today. May our lives be changed forever with the word from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so the question on giving. Why do I give to the pastor? Why do I give to the church? I'll take the first part now. Um, why do I give to the pastor? If you would open your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew chapter 10. Oh, no, no. Before that, let us read the book of Ephesians um, chapter 4. If you would be so kind to open your Bibles with me. I'll read from verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led the captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. I'm going to skip to verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, 
or to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. In this scripture, we become aware of a few things. Thing number one, grace is given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Thing number two, he gave gifts to people. Thing number three, because of these gifts, there is a certain grace that rests on the holders. Thing four, the gifts are some apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers, prophets. Thing five, the reason for the gifts is to build up the body of Christ. Thing six, so that the body will grow in Christ in all things. Now, thing five and six are for another day. In this scripture, we understand that there are gifts given to those who are called to minister. And by virtue of this, there is a grace abiding on them. Let us go back to Matthew chapter 10 from verse 40 to 42. He that receiveth you, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. When you receive a prophet, not because of who he is, but because of what he is, a prophet, you receive a, you, you receive a prophet's reward. What this means is when you sow into the life of a prophet, an evangelist, an apostle, a teacher, a pastor, you become a partaker of the grace that rests on them. Paul. We'll talk about Paul now. Every Christian that I know of knows Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all my needs according to all your needs, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But have you ever noticed that oftentimes people remove the and from the beginning of that sentence? They don't start with, and my God shall. They say, my God shall supply all your needs. So, you, you remove the and. You, you remove the reason for the proclamation of the blessing. And you leave just the promise. Now, the promise is there. It will always be there. But if you don't activate it, it cannot work for you. It would do you well to read the whole scripture 
in fact you don't have to read the entire verse just read from verse 10 to 19 he was this was this was his blessing to the church in Philippi the church in Philippi in Philippi was so so very 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 poor But these poor people blessed the man of God so that he lacked for nothing and he was full to overflowing. This care that they showed him inspired him to bless them. It activated the grace on him to work for them. If you would read with me Galatians chapter 6 from verse 6 to 8. Let him that is thought in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap of the flesh corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall reap of the spirit life everlasting. God is not mocked. When you sow into the flesh, you reap destruction. But when you sow into the man of God, here in this scripture, it is equated to sowing into the spirit. And the reward for that is eternal life. How many of us are familiar with the prophet Elisha? I don't think there is anyone who isn't, but if you aren't, you should read up on him. Elisha and Elijah, they are quite uh, active prophets if you remember the story of the Shunammite woman who recognized in her spirit that Elijah was a man of God because of this recognition she created a small room for him outside her house so that when he passed by he would have a place to rest she gave him shelter she fed him well and it provoked him to bless her the woman was barren so he blessed her with a child. She didn't even ask for it. She practically told him that she did not need him to bless her at all. Do you remember when the child died? Because it was her, he sent his staff. And when Gehazi messed up, he himself came. Why did he come? Because this woman had so sown into his life that the grace on him was moved to bless him. Or do we remember the widow of uh, the Zarephath widow, the widow of Zarephath, who was going to prepare a final meal for herself and her son before they starved to death? This was during the three-year um, drought that Elijah was inspired to cause. <laughs> she was going to make a meal a final meal she was going to make her last supper for herself and her son and Elijah came first he asked her for water and then he asked her for bread the widow told him that it was the last meal for herself and her son and he said okay but make my own first now I don't know a single Nigerian 
that would not classify this as the highest form of stupidity that she obeyed. But she believed him when he assured her that somehow they would be all right. Her spirit, somehow, somehow, her spirit was convinced and she obeyed. The famine lasted for three years. Elijah, the woman, and her son, for three years, never lacked food to eat. The woman's son died, and Elijah prayed him back to life. Why? Because the woman was taking care of him. She was ministering to him. It inspired the grace on him to function on her behalf. Bring that boy back to life. Why? Because the grace on him was inspired in her direction, in her favor. Imagine for a second if that woman had refused. Elijah would have gone his way with his grace and she would have gotten exactly what she wanted. She would have had her last supper with herself and her son and perished. And only God knows if she was not the first person he had made that request to. But she was just the first person that obeyed. We don't know. Because if she had not accepted him, of course it would not be mentioned. She would have just been gone with the history. And Elijah would have gone with his peace, with his grace. You sow seed on good ground and expect returns, yes? If you never sow, if you never sow, then how do you expect to receive? You torment yourself the whole time with poverty, saying, how can you give? How can you give? You have nothing. How can you give? But what about that woman with two coins? Jesus said she had given more than every other person in the room because they gave out of their surplus, but she gave out of nothing. Mary. Mary poured out precious oil from her alabaster box to rub into the hair of Jesus. And then she wiped his feet with her hair. Judas thought it was a waste. Of course, he was a thief. So he thought it was a waste. But Jesus told him that it was a noble act. This action touched the heart of Jesus so much so that that when her brother Lazarus died, he came and raised him from the dead. He didn't just do that because of nothing. This woman had sown something precious to him. So he gave her something precious in return. If raising Lazarus had not been in correspondence to, to her act, her act of caring, of ministering to Jesus, it would not have been mentioned. She would not have been referred to as the Mary who anointed his head with precious oil. He said, Lazarus, the brother of Mary, who had anointed his head with oil. Now one can argue, you can argue, that Jesus raised other people from the dead. Okay, yeah, sure, he did. 
He did very, very, he did. But how many of them were dead four days? I think that was the point. When you minister spectacularly to God, God ministers spectacularly to you. I think that was the point. And of course, we know how much Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. I mean, he was so moved by the death of Lazarus that he actually cried. A whole Jesus cried because somebody died. Somebody that he had the power to resist, he cried. That was how much he cared about them. And these were not ordinary people. Yeah, Mary anointed his head with precious rare oil. But if you read your Bible well, you will recognize that Mary and Martha, these people hosted, hosted Jesus, hosted his disciples. They took care of them. They fed them. They gave them shelter. They possibly even clothed them. If you would remember, it was Martha that came out and complained to Jesus, Haba, Mary is here, sitting there listening to you, all your stories, all your preaching. I'm slaving in the kitchen. Tell her to come and help me. It's the same family. The same family that took care of Jesus, took care of his disciples, ministered to all of them. So you understand that that their care, that their care for him inspired the grace resting on him to work more than average miracles for them, if I can say that. Prior to this, insofar as I have read and studied the word, insofar as I have read and studied the word, there had not been anyone raised from the dead who had been dead as long as Lazarus was. He was already rotting. He was thinking. The body was decaying. But Jesus still raised him. So, you can trigger the anointing on a man of God and it will work for you. Trigger it negatively and it will work for you like Moses in Numbers uh, chapter 16 with the Korah and the 20 uh, and the 250 um, leaders, Israelite leaders that rebelled against Moses. The ground opened up and swallowed them. That is a negative provocation of the grace resting on a prophet. Or Elijah, if I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you. Like that, 102 soldiers dead. Why? Negative provocation. Uh, this was probably what inspired the advice, uh, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. To prevent people from negatively triggering the grace residing on the prophet. But there is a good way to trigger it. When you bless them, when you feed them, when you clothe them, when you minister to them, you're ministering to God as well. When you receive the shepherd that he has sent to you, you receive him too. So we need to, in this regard, make sure that we are wise as serpents and harmless as doves. 
to know who it is that is sent from God and who it is that is a deceiver. We need to pay strict attention to the Bible. We need to open our hearts to be receptive to the Holy Ghost so that you would be able to discern who is and who isn't from God. Or else you may end up casting your pearls among swine. You know, ironically enough, shockingly enough, if you sow for the right reasons, with the right heart, with your eyes and focus on God, the reward will still come. But this is a topic for another day and probably maybe even another season. I'm not sure. I don't want to delve into it now because I think we're out of time. We've come to the end of the podcast by the grace of God. I really hope that we understood something incredibly important here today. God gave a grace that we can connect to here. And it lies with the shepherd, so to speak that he has placed us under. So we need to be vigilant. We need to listen to God to show us, to tell us who he has placed us under. I want to clarify on this just a little bit. Paul's grace, Paul's ministry was prosperity. Peter's ministry was healing. Sowing into the grace you need does not mean that you will be jumping from Paul's church to Peter's church when you need healing and from Peter's church to Paul's church when you need cash flow. You can sow a seed, but you stay under the shepherd that God has appointed for you because he knows better than you what you need. Jumping up and down like that just makes you double-minded and everybody knows a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways that kind of person cannot receive a thing from god so you end up losing on both ends god did not call you a goat he did not call you donkey he did not call you malu he called you sheep he called you sheep so that you understand that you need guidance you need continuous guidance you would always need a shepherd Even the shepherds had shepherds. I mean, you hear them talk about their spiritual fathers. You hear them talk of Oral Roberts, Kenneth Kagan, um, Philip Mokunga. What do you think they mean by that? They are telling you who their spiritual fathers are. And in doing so, they are also telling you what kind of grace they are plugged into. Let me not drag this even though there's still a lot that I haven't said, but we have come to the end of this podcast. And I would be very grateful if you would join me to say a little prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for showing me that there is a right way to connect to your grace so that it works for me. Father, help me identify who the shepherd that you have sent me is and help my mind and my heart to understand 
that one cannot reap from a field where one has not sown. In Jesus' name, amen. So, next week, we'll be talking on the question, why should I give to the church? But until then, stay blessed. Goodbye. My name is Sharon Tanko, and I hope you were blessed by this sermon and that it opened your heart to new knowledge from our Father. For those of you who haven't taken that vital step in accepting Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, but would like to do so now, please say this prayer with me. Dear Lord, I know that you went to the cross and died for me. I know that on the third day you rose. I know you did this because you love me. You showed me a deeper love. A love that goes beyond dying and into overcoming death. And now, knowing this, I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Come into my life today, sweet Lord, so that I may be one with the Father. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your forgiveness. And I thank you for this week, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. If you just said that prayer with me, thank you and welcome to the kingdom of God. My brother, my sister, God will have his way with you. Now, if you would like to reach out to me, feel free to do so at Say a Little Prayer Nigeria. That is Say a Little Prayer NG, both on Instagram and on Facebook. I would love to share and pray with you. If you want to learn more beyond the podcast, you can visit my pastor, Reverend Delison Tanko, both on Facebook and on YouTube. His, his preaching is easy to follow and it's easier still to grasp and have a deeper, more precise understanding of our Heavenly Father. If this podcast has inspired you and you feel the need to sow a seed into it, you can give an offering at 0140-323659. That is 0140-323659, Guaranteed Trust Bank. Or you can give at 151-1321-721. That is 151 151- one three two one seven two one at Access Bank. God bless you as you give. God bless you as you give. Now don't forget to say a little prayer for you and your loved ones. Thank you and stay blessed.